Welcome to Table Talk with Toddy, a podcast for millennials designed to motivate, inspire, and educate you on what it really takes to live a real life on purpose. This isn't your typical podcast. You can count on me to keep it real, funky, and relatable here on Table Talk with Toddy. It's Natasha Toddy Weston, and this is episode 17 of the Table Talk with Toddy podcast. I have a good friend, and I know I say that about everybody that comes on here, but literally, this is like my little sister from another mister. Like, she's legit. Like, I've adopted her, kidnapped her, and everything else. <laughs> um, I have with me today Jasmine Easter, uh, and she is the beautiful face behind jasmineaster.com. Jasmine helps female entrepreneurs build brilliant and beautiful brands through graphic and web design. And after designing for over seven years, she realized that more entrepreneurs were focused on pretty over purpose, and that's when she decided to get strategic about design. So welcome to the podcast, Jasmine. So thankful that you finally agreed to join me. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. It has been a long time, but I'm excited. Yes, I'm excited, too, for for a lot of reasons. You know, Jasmine, y'all, is, like, me back in the day. Like, very introverted, but so passionate about what she does. She's so creative, so ambitious. I mean, she's, like, everything I was maybe, like, 10 years ago, like, right out of high school. Like, she's literally, like, I've never met anybody that is so similar to me until it's ridiculous. So, Jasmine and family, y'all, so this conversation might get real, but y'all just buckle up because she's got a lot to offer, and she's so smart. Like I said, so talented. Y'all go check out her website, jasmineaster.com. But let me give y'all a little back history on Jasmine and I, for those of you who, you know, don't know our relationship. Was it, I think, call me if I'm wrong, Jasmine, is two years ago maybe now? Two years ago, um, I pulled up, yes, up a post on Instagram. Two years? Yep, two years. I put a post up on Instagram that I was looking for some interns, and specifically in the area of graphic design. Why? Because I know y'all are thinking, well, don't you kind of do graphics, Patty? So why are we looking for graphic design interns? Well, I, you know, I understand that in business, and if you didn't know this, now y'all about to learn something. In business, it's important to have multiple people that can bring different aspects to your business and bring their genius into your business. And I knew that in order for me to uh, – relaunch my business the right way and really reposition myself. I needed somebody that literally studied graphics to come in and and really do their thing and shine in their way. And Jasmine reached out to me, and when I got that email, because by this time I had already gotten a ton of emails from people, and the presentation was just all sorts of jacked up. Like the emails were just not written well. The resumes weren't really that great. The work wasn't that great. But when Jasmine Easter sent her email, y'all, I was like, I didn't even have to really do an interview with her. I was like, you got the job, honey. Because her presentation was so bomb. Um, Her presentation was just so bomb. And like I said, she, just her presentation, like, you know, if you're out there and you're in that 
stage of life where you're looking for internships or looking to, you know, grow your portfolio or extend your network, presentation is everything, isn't it, Jasmine? Like, I mean, it's everything. everything. It's like everything. Like, we do judge books by its covers. Like, you know, I would have probably never even inquired or reached out to her if her presentation, and when I say presentation, I mean down to how she wrote her email to me. It was professional. It was well-written. It was easy to understand. She made, you know, it very clear how to contact her, what she had done, what her goals were for for the internship. I mean, she did all of the work for me, y'all. Like, she really did. And um, <laughs> so, she, <laughs> so, of course, she got the internship, and, you know, it's kind of been history ever since. We've obviously grown from work relationship to personal. She's literally my like my little sister. And um she's just bomb. And so let me tell y'all, she did not want to do this podcast. Like she she was fighting me. <laughs> and I was like, no, I gotta get that one. And like Jasmine, you gotta do this. And the reason why I was so persistent about getting you on here is because your story from what you told me is just it needs to be heard. And I always tell people your 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 uh millions is in your mouth. Like you could be the shyest person right. on the planet, but the story that you have is what's going to be that thing that does change every aspect of your life. And I you know, like I said, I'm gonna let you tell your story, but from knowing your story, I know that, you know, people have just gotta hear it and hear, you know, kinda how you've gotten to where you are now, Jasmine Easter. Dot com because you used to be Digital Lucy and you went through, right. you know, that type of transformation. So, yes, y'all, Jasmine used to be my intern, and now I'm interviewing her as a full-time millennial entrepreneur. Isn't that crazy? And, like, that was, what, two years ago? Two so, years ago. That was actually a really awesome introduction, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Awesome introduction for an awesome person. So, all right, because like I told you before we got on to do this, like normally I'll have like questions that I already want to answer, but because I know you, I'm kind of like introducing you to the listeners. So I want to kind of take them back to you've got this new, um, I guess you would call it like tagline. You are a millennial girl with a traditional upbringing. And when I saw that, I was like, right. yes, Jasmine, like that's so perfect. <laughs> like that's just that's just so perfect. So <laughs> you um you started off, you were a student, you were in college, um, taking courses as a new media art student and right. you kind of felt like you reached your peak in school. Which a lot of people don't realize at tw- I think you were twenty when you decided to really pursue entrepreneurship all the way. Yep. Twenty now, years old. I can, 20, right? Yeah. I can remember being a 20-year-old, and I feel old as hell right now. Like, even <laughs> saying it like that, like, I remember when I was 20. <laughs> I remember when I was 20, and um, I don't really remember exactly what I was doing at 20, but I'm sure it was nothing t- too wonderful to be even talking about right now, for those of you listening, because you might start judging me. But, um, you know, at 20, I wasn't clear on anything, let alone making a decision like that to realize that, wow, I've reached my peak here in college, the place where you're supposed to always be, you know, learning new things and growing and excelling. But you felt like you reached, you know, like a peak in school. Like you felt like you had learned 
pretty much all you could learn in school at that time. So you made that phone call right. that all parents dread, like all of them, whether they're supportive or not, you know, graduating from high school, going to college, getting in the military. That's, those are normally the only two options that most people have. And so I'm hoping that whoever's listening, exactly. and, you know, maybe they're in high school or just graduating and maybe in college and not sure if they're supposed to be there in the first place. I want you to talk to those people. You called your parents or your mom and you said, I'm not doing this ish anymore. Like, you know. Right. <laughs> I, I don't, <laughs> nothing, else. <laughs> nothing else for me to learn here. And I'm going to start my own business and I'm going to do this and I'm not going to quit. Tell us how that conversation went. So, well, for me, honestly, I really never wanted to go to school. Um, you know, it was just a thing, like you said, that you do. Like, you graduate and you go to college. I graduated in the top 10% of my class. So, it was expected that I was supposed to go to college. Um, I actually enrolled as a biology major. <laughs> but I wow, think I went to New Media Arts. Yeah, I enrolled in biology because my mom didn't think New Media Arts was practical. Um, so... I enrolled in something different, but after looking at, like, the course list and stuff, I was like, yo, there's no way that I could do biology. That's good. So I switched to what it was that I really wanted to do. And I had got introduced to design when I was probably in, like, the seventh grade. So this is something that I've been, you know, like, sifting and dabbing in, like, for years. And um, in my design classes, it was just, I don't know. It was just a matter of like, I'm in the classes. I'm in there with all these different people, you know, people from different walks of life, different experiences. Some of them have experience with design, some not. My teachers are supposed to be skilled designers. And it just wasn't fulfilling to me. I just felt like I just had so much, so much more to offer to other people. I already had like a few like um, side clients and I already had two or three internships at that point. I think three. I think I had three <laughs> by then. But, um, you know, I had teachers that were coming to me and they were telling me, like, oh, you have a natural understanding of, like, color theory already. You already have a natural understanding of layout. Like, your, your understanding of these design elements are better than, than most people. And I'm like, if my teacher's already telling me that, you know, I'm pretty, I pretty much don't need to be here, then why am I here? So I made the call. To my mother, who has two master's degrees and worked in continuing education all of my life, that I was dropping out of college, and <laughs> it was it was terrible. Like I tried to avoid her at first because I waited um, during the summer semester, you know, just chilling, and then it's time to go back to school, and she's like, "Oh, you know, so what's going on? You know, what's this?" And I'm kind of I was dodging her. Like, like, feeling um, like a complete fraud, right? <laughs> right. And I'm like, oh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> She's like, what classes? I'm like, oh, I haven't really looked at my schedule or I don't remember. And I'm just, like, dodging her every time I talk to her. And so I go home one day, and she looks at me, and she's like, okay, so what's really going on with school? And I'm like, I'm dropping out. And she went in, like, she <laughs> – she had everything, like, that she could possibly say. She was just telling me that it was, like, the worst decision that I could make and that she wasn't going to support me and that she wasn't going to help me. And it was just really bad. And me me and her ended up, we used to talk every single day, but 
when that happened, I ended up um, not talking to her for like a month. So wow, it was I re- just I like, it. yeah, it was like I was stressed. <laughs> and, you know, um, my mom has lupus and stuff, so I don't like to go like that long without talking to her. But I felt like I had to come back, you know, and show her something, give her proof that, you know, I'm really walking in my path. And before I had made this decision, too, like I knew I knew that I was going to get a lot of flack for it. Like I knew no one was going to think that it was the right thing to do. But at the end of the day, like you have to go with your intuition and your gut and how you're feeling about things. I knew that at the, like one day, you know, like my life, my life is your life is for you. <laughs> it's not for anybody else. So if you're not happy, if you're miserable, you can't sit around doing all the things that and live out other people's dreams. Because graduating college and getting a degree was just not my dream. It never was. Right. And so if I was to stay in school, I just would have been super miserable and I just couldn't do it anymore. And over during that time, during the summer, you know, I went back and forth with it. Like, should I just go? You know, this is my third. This will be my fourth year of college. And um, I kept having this dream of like a storefront with Digital Lucy on the front. And I had it every single day. And I was like, I will never forgive myself if I don't do this. So I have to at least try it. And I mean, if I fail, I fail. I can just, I can always go back to school. So I just, I just took the leap and I didn't really have a lot of support. But a week after me and my mom had that argument, I actually booked the gig, uh, branding a program for Georgia Tech. And I got two of my first retainer clients. And I was like, well, God is showing me that I'm working walking in the right direction. So you just got to have faith in yourself. That's true. That's true. I mean, you you gave a lot of lessons in that one um, story. You know, a few things that stuck out was you're not going to have the support that you think you should have, but you got to keep going, even right. if you're not doing it to prove them wrong. I mean, in this case, everybody wants their parents to approve what they do, whatever it is. We, rather we admit it or not, our mom's approval is everything. Even at, right. I'm 28, I'll be 29 this year, and my mom's approval is everything and even if I don't listen to or follow her advice you still want that approval like you just do so you know for you to have pushed through at what 20 years old and say look this is a decision that I'm making you know and I'm going to make it and I'm going to do what I need to do to make sure that this does work out for me and you did that and I remember you telling me you know another thing like when you were going to this you were saying how all of your friends thought you were crazy like, because they oh, were still yeah. in school. Like, they, <laughs> they'd never seen anybody do it before. So, in that own way, Jasmine, you set a trend because you were the first in your group to do it. And that in itself right. is what makes leaders. And that's, that's why stories like yours must be told because there are so many high school students out there you know, young people in their 20s, you know, that are going through this exact same thing, but they don't have anybody to look at and see a success story come out of. You know, like for me, a lot of people wait until they make six figures to share the struggles that they've encountered, whereas I choose to share those struggles along the way. Why? Because we connect with people emotionally, and when you're going through something and you can see somebody that looks familiar to you, and they've gone through it and survived it, that's, that is really what motivation is, and that's what really creates leaders and game changers out here is from seeing, like, I mean, 
I'm a success story before I'm a success story because I'm, I'm, I made it this far to be able to tell you about it. So, right. you know, I think the fact that you were able to identify that early on is really amazing. So let's go back to high school really quick because I've got a, a question that I really want to ask you. So I was okay. listening to, um, Gary V, actually last night on YouTube, one of his old, uh, Ask Gary V YouTube videos. And, um, you know, he takes calls from, you know, his fans and they ask him a question and then he answers right on the spot. Well, one lady called in and Mm -hmm. she asked, what did Gary think about the education system? Like, what did he think about high schools and what does he think they need to change in high schools to make them more relevant to what's going on now? So he asked her, he said, well, what is your role in this question? Are you an educator? Are you a parent? Well, she's a teacher, a high school teacher, and she pretty much said that she almost hates her job because the curriculum does not line up to what the kids are learning. They can't have their cell phones, and she feels like they're doing them less justice that way by not letting them be creative and letting them do things outside of what's in the textbook. So, Jasmine, if you could create the perfect high school curriculum for the creative millennial, what would that curriculum look like? Oh, it would be so much, <laughs> a lot different. I will say, though, however, when I was in high school, we did have, like, a technical, not a technical track, but they had, like, this kind of, like, career slash trade track that you could be put on. So there were kids who got to, like, experiment with cosmetology, and um, and I took the IT track, so I got to experiment with, like, IT and all that stuff too so I think those kind of programs in school are are pretty good but I think yeah. that there should be less I'm trying to I mean it's important to know basic stuff of course you need to know basic math you need to know English because Lord knows some of the in the emails and <laughs> you need to know English skills um but I just think it would be more of like in high school, I just think there should be more trial and error because that's the issue that I see most like college kids go through is that they just don't know what they like and they're scared to try all these different things. So I think there should be different programs where you could, you know, hey, like maybe this track teaches more about entrepreneurship if you want to go into entrepreneurship. Maybe this track has, you know, more of like the creative things that you like to do. Um, and just like focusing on those things, like in 11th and 12th grade and just getting the basics in like ninth and 10th. It reminds me of a professor that I had actually, uh, English professor who was from Italy and she was saying that high school there, the first two years they do like, you know, your basic math and English science and stuff like that. But in the last two years, they give you a choice and you can choose like whether you want to be in like an arts kind of school or if you want to go to a school to learn a trade. But you get that experience young so that you're not you're not freaking out about not knowing, because I feel like that's the biggest thing that people, you know, might struggle with is not knowing. They have this big yeah. issue with like, you know, yeah. I feel like I should be doing this. People feel like for when, like that they're failing. And I'm like, you know, you're only 24, you're only 25. Like you have time <laughs> and it's OK to fail. Failure is happening. Yeah. But um people have this it's like they're scared to experiment and figure out what it is that they really want to do and part of that is 
you know, the whole and then get a job, which doesn't even always work. There are plenty of people out here who go to school and get degrees. It's like a lot of it's a lot more hustle behind getting that job when you get that degree that they don't teach either in college. But, um, yeah, I think that's the biggest issue. I just think that kids are just too afraid to experiment and really get to to know what they like and what they don't like and formulate the things they're good at and the things they like and turn that into a career or a career field. I was lucky enough to know what I wanted to do, like, as soon as I did it. As soon as I learned about design, I was like, oh, this is exactly what I want to do. This is perfect. But I know everyone's not that way. That's true. That's true. So, you know, I think in high school, because I was there too, like, I remember my senior year, we had, I think we had an entrepreneurship class. We had a, a visual marketing class. We had, it was almost like that was like the beginning era of those types of courses. So I was like on my way out of the door when I was offered those types of courses. You know, and it interests me because I think in one class, I think it was marketing, one of the projects was to um, pretty much do a like a real, I don't know what it's called, but like a poster board and you set up like how your store would be set up. I don't know what you call those. But um, that was like one of the projects. And I just remember that was like my favorite thing ever. Like favorite right. thing ever. <laughs> no, it was fashion merchandising. That was the class that it was. And that was here. And then, of course, we had like, you know, our trade classes like home economics, clothing and textiles, and, you know, those types of courses. But it still wasn't enough. They still offered us those courses, but it was still, like, you still had one or two options. And I just remember, like, looking in the fashion schools, like, I would love to go to California and go to the fashion institute, you know, like, but because I didn't Mm -hmm. see anybody around me doing that same thing, I was like, oh, well, that's not possible. Like, I'm not even going to be able to get financial aid to go to school. You know, I kind of, because I... Right. I didn't see it around me. Like it was it really wasn't offered. So I settled and I went for what everybody else was going for. And so I think, you know, now with schools, I think it is crucial because I feel like when you give people students two options and not a third, then you kind of force them up against the wall and when they fail at one of those two things, then that's when the other problems start to come about. The depression and because they feel like they're failing. They feel like this, the blueprint that was laid out for me is not working for me, so I'm failing. So they either turn into depression or, or alcoholics, they abuse drugs. I mean, that's where really all of the, the problems stem from. And so, you know, if I had to create some type of curriculum, definitely the basics and definitely getting more people that look like them, like you, Jasmine, they could come in and, you know, talk to them and tell them, like, this is the blueprint that I created for myself, and it worked. And, you know, every scenario will be different, but I do think that they should, you know, try to improve that. And, you know, me being a mom now and knowing that, that's why I'm so adamant about creating Tyler's business now. So when he does graduate from high school, he has more than just those two options. Which at this point I won't even let him go in the military. (laughs) The way the world is setting up right now, like I don't even think like that's probably not even going to be an option for him when he gets to be twenty years old. So I feel like you want to be able to um, 
give them more options. I don't think that they have enough options or enough examples of what it looks like. Okay, so. Looks like. Because those things aren't stressing at all. They, they don't even make it. Like, the, the classes that are more interesting, they don't really push that this could be a career. They just yeah. push it as like a side course that you're just kind of taking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nothing more than yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, it sucks. Yeah. Like, it really sucks. Like, they should have all sorts. They should have graphic design. They should have branding classes. They should have marketing. They should have, um, you know, like, they should have video marketing. They should have social media classes. I mean, the truth right. is, social media is where the world is heading. The world is about, like, we're about to be watching TV from our cell phones in the next 10 years. Like, there's not going to be a TV. And so, and you know, you can't. The career cut so behind. It's so behind. It's so behind. And it's sad because our children are, this is, if they don't catch up, the kids are going to get to the point where they don't even want to go to school because they just feel out of the norm. Like, when they leave school, the norm, which out the environment that they're creating in schools now is not reality to these students. It's just not. That's and so, and um, then the way that they have it set up for learning, like, it's just the way they test intelligence in school is just backwards to me. Like, based, yeah. it's based off of memorization, what you can memorize, and that's it. They don't have, like, a lot of hands on. I mean, you do see more videos now circulating around the web. You know, you see teachers making songs, making dance, and just making things more interactive and more interesting for kids. Additionally, yeah. that's just not how it's going. It's, here's a book. Remember, take a test. You get you get an A. It doesn't even that's a, that's the other thing. School doesn't really it doesn't really test or give you a chance to explore any creativity. Even in science or math or any of the traditional ways, it doesn't give you a chance to to think creatively or think outside of the box to get to those solutions yeah. either. So that's I true. think everything needs to be advanced. I think we need to start our own school, Jasmine. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. I think. I think we totally need our own. Yeah, we need our own school. Then we can turn the guidance counselor offices into internship offers. You know, like, it, like the new age is different. You know, like I just I look back now for all that I've learned and the people I met, and like it can, it should just be totally different, man. Like I feel like we have a lot more creative young people out here doing more productive things if the school system was set up to match their reality. That's just you know what yeah. I think. So, um, that's anyway, I and that's, yeah. he's not really, he's not really feeling it. He's not hearing it, but they're like, you know, he can't pay attention. You know, he's having a hard time learning because he has ADHD and stuff, but he came home and taught himself how to edit video. And I'm like, well, exactly. he's, you know, it's just, you guys aren't making it interesting enough and it's not really up to date. It's not relevant. So that definitely makes sense. Yeah, it's crazy because, and it's the ones that they say have the eight, what is it, ADHD. They're just talented and bored to death. Like, and they're probably geniuses. But like you said, it goes right. back to how are, you, how are you evaluating how smart they are? Like, is it, is it really reality? It's not. So, um, you know, my goal this year is to definitely get in, get in more schools and talk to more students. And, um, something else Gary V said that I heard him say last night to his teacher was, you know, you've got to be that person gives that student the weight to say, hey, you might not be excelling in my class, but you probably, you are probably like the smartest person in here. You know, I think students just need a little more assurance that, you know, that maybe if they're not doing that great in school, then maybe they should start exploring other opportunities or 
tapping into their gifts at an early age. So, you know, I think that whole school system is, you know, we're in trouble if they don't match these students' reality. But anyway, I digress from that. So you um you dropped out of college at 20, called your mom, told her, I'm starting my own business. She didn't support you. At what moment did you guys' relationship get back on track? Was it after you signed your first big client, after she saw that you were making money? Like, what happened to where y'all got back on good terms? Well, when I well, I told you, you know, that um, after that week and I had booked that gig with Georgia Tech and I had those two retainer clients and I was like, oh, you know, like, to me that was that was good enough, you know, to go back to tell her for reassurance. Because I'm like, you know, retainer client, Georgia Tech, like, these are good clients. And this was within a week. But I was like, I was waiting um, sure, to make sure that she felt okay, even though I was still going to do what I was going to do regardless. But <laughs> I still wanted her to feel better about the situation. Um, but I ended up waiting, and I was waiting. But I seen her post something about her, like, not feeling well or maybe driving like because of her meds or something like that and I was like okay well I definitely have to contact her now you know because I'm sick and we don't have we don't have tomorrow so I just wanted to make sure to get past that and let her know that you know whether or not she supported me that I still wanted to be here for her because I think that's important too I think I think it's important when you have too much negativity coming at you, you know, to to keep it at a distance, because sometimes when you have, you know, your mom, your family, your your friends and all these other people around you just feeling like all this negativity, um, you know, you get in your own head. You start believing that what they're saying is fact. And that's not something that I wanted at all. But at the same time to make sure the people who are important to me in my life, you know, they understand this is my decision and just being just accepting that this is what it is. And so after that, you know, we we got on better terms. And after time, she started to see, OK, like, you know, you're paying your bills, you're doing everything full time. And she just left me alone about it. <laughs> but every time someone comes over, she's like, you know, because everyone, this always happens. Like my brother's, uh, my brother's uncle came over there actually and was like, "Oh, you're, uh, you're what about school?" And I was like, "Oh, I dropped out of school like a year ago." And he was like, "What?" And so, what are you doing now? And I was like, "Oh, I run a business." And he was like, "Doing what?" And I was like, "I do design for you know female entrepreneurs." And he's looking at me like I lost my mind because why would I do that? And I was just like, you know, he's like, he said something, and I was like, oh, no, like, I don't live here. Like, I have my own place, and I pay all my own bills doing what I want to do full time. He's like, oh, so you're not just, like, kicking it at home. I was like, oh, no, I'm just visiting. <laughs> and he's like, oh, well, okay. Like, when people hear that you're, like, self-sustaining, then it's like they're they're less they're less doubtful, but it happens still all the time. But mom's like, oh, no, Jasmine does so well. So, like, now she's, like, way more supportive than she was. But right. it just took time. And I knew it would take time. I mean, she's a mom. I'm telling her I'm going to do this not guaranteed thing. And she's trying to figure out how am I going <laughs> to pay and all those other things. So, I mean, I completely understand. 
Yeah. Yeah, like you said, like you said, you know, her being a mom, you know, honestly, all she really wanted was the best for you. And I think most parents, that's that's their biggest fear is, like, I don't want them to fail. And, you know, I think that was her concern. And, you know, you still being caring and compassionate, you know, and, and you did mention that your mom, you know, she was battling with lupus, and you had to make sure that you kept that balance of, okay, I'm not going to let negativity influence me, but I'm still going to be there and be, you know, the person that I need to be in my family's life. So I do think, you know, you have to have that balance. And, like, I always tell people, you get to choose who's in your circle, you know. So if you're around negative people all the time, you don't have to necessarily cut them off, especially family because, unfortunately, we can't choose who they are. But you have to learn when to be around them. You know, for me, holidays are family. And then now, that's not so often either. But, you know, I know how to be around them, kick it with them, have fun. But I also know when to cut cut them off and not speak too much and not let the negative gossip. And, you know, now it's at the point where they don't even call me when they want to gossip. Heck, they barely want to come to my house because they know I don't want to sit and talk about people. If we're not talking about to make these coins and help people, and I, I don't want any part of the conversation. <laughs> but, you know, and so it's no hard feelings when they don't feel like they can pick up the phone and gossip and talk about nonsense. So, you know, you do have to have that balance, um, especially if you're in a place where you're not necessarily as strong to be around them all the time and still do your own right. thing without right. negative influence. So, um you know, that was a good point that you made. So now you and your mom are back on good terms. Right. You start Digital Lucy, which was your dream business. Tell us what you did at Digital Lucy, and now that Digital Lucy is no more, right? You're now Jasmine Easter. Right. Is your brand. Tell us the transition that you made from Digital Lucy, which was pretty much kind of like the same business, but a little different. I want you to tell us about that. Tell us what the transition was and why you made that transition at this stage in your entrepreneurship journey. Okay, so when I started Digital Lucy, I just had this big idea that I had to present myself as an agency to really make the kind of money that I wanted to make. And um I designed services and offered some consulting. Essentially, I did brand female entrepreneurs. In the beginning, I actually didn't. In the beginning, I was like offering everything because I had no idea about <laughs> branding. I was just I just knew like, hey, like I can make pretty things and here you are. So, um eventually, I don't know, I realized that there was a lot more that I wanted to offer. For a long time, you know this, I was supposed to be starting a blog like a million years ago. And I took <laughs> I took forever to start it. Um, but I knew that I wanted to offer more transparency. Things like this podcast, you know, talk about my story and things that I've been through as a business owner because everybody makes it seem like it's so fluff and it's just so fun. And you just have all this freedom in the beginning and it's just you do whatever you want and it's just wonderful. And while I do love being an entrepreneur, that is just not realistic. It's just not how it works. You know, in the beginning, like, there's a lot of hard work. Before you can afford a team, there's a lot of things you got to learn how to do on your own. I learned how to save so that you can outsource those kind of things. So I'm just like, I just come to this conclusion that I just want everything to be under one umbrella. I want to to clear Digital Lucy. I want to, you know, present and build my personal brand, talk about 
myself and everything that I've been through so that I can help other people along the way and just offer my services like as a bonus for those who, who are interested. But I really just was wanted to share my story. Awesome. So you talked about a couple of things. You said you pretty much wanted to focus more on your personal brand. And this is my philosophy. Tell me if you agree. I always tell people, focus on building your personal brand before you try to start a business. Like before you try to brand a business, focus on your personal brand. Why? Because your personal brand is where people will connect with you. And once people connect with you, they like you, they trust you, then you can pretty much put anything out there that they will like, like literally anything, and they'll sell it, and they'll mm-hmm. buy it, excuse me. That's true. Yeah, so, because people, yeah, so when, people. And, and, you know, people so, come and they say, well, I'm, go ahead. I said, well, people buy saying? from some people. They don't like, right. you know, they don't want to buy from from business. <laughs> they want to see, like, the person behind that. Right. So, I, you know, personal branding is so important, and I think now more than ever, it's even more important now to build a personal brand. And um, that's obviously why I'm so obsessed with it because I noticed like, when I started my first business, Eloquence Enterprises, like I had no idea what I was doing. And it made it worse because people didn't know me. So I wasn't selling really anything. You know, there was really nothing I could create and people would buy it because they didn't know me. And so it was almost like you didn't have a face behind the brand. Like, you didn't have a face behind the product or the service. Because, like you said, people buy from people. And if people don't like you, why in the world would they buy from you? They'll just go to else that's selling it, you know? So in this new age of influencers and, you know, digital marketers and whatever, like, it's so important to start building, like I say, the brand of you. Like, build it now and it's not something that you do overnight. Building a personal brand is a continuous, ongoing thing. It's right. literally ongoing. Okay. And you will go through those phases. Like, you started Digital Lucy, and, you know, when you started it, you weren't really clear on what you wanted to do. Like you said, you offered every type of service because you didn't, you wasn't really clear. So I do think yeah. that go, I think every entrepreneur goes through that phase where you got to just figure it out, and that's okay. Like, you literally just got to figure it out. And so now you're here. You have jasmineaster.com. The website is totally bomb. And, you know, I just know, like, from working with you, that it's going to do really well because, like I said, you have the personality. People just like you, Jasmine. Like, they just like you. So you're an example of building that personal brand. So no more digital Lucy here. Like, I was typing an email the other day, and I was, Looking for digital Lucy. I was like, no, it's gone. (laughs) (laughs) It's so weird. Because I have so many things that are like under that and like making the switch is, is really weird. But it was, I noticed that too, that I just had way more of a connection like on my personal profiles as opposed to my business profiles. And I just felt like people just, I mean, they liked me more than they liked you know, the idea of digital Lucy. So I'm like, hey, if I can just share share some gems along with, you know, getting my services and stuff out there, then why not? But I do think it's important. And another point about personal branding, um, I don't think everyone realizes, like, whether you, quote, unquote, build your brand or not, like, you still technically have a brand. 
So, you know, whether you decide to go into business for yourself or work for someone else, like, you know, how you portray yourself on social media is a huge part of your personal brand. And what you're saying and what you're putting out there can even stop you from getting a job because companies are, are checking for that kind of stuff now, too. Yeah, that's so true. Um, I mean, I got my first corporate speaking engagement. And, um, Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So it's funny because, you know, I was getting like, you know, I've gone through the same phase you've gone through with your business, you know, trying to really figure out what do I focus on, you know. So Mm -hmm. I had to like step back and take an inventory like, okay, what are people contacting you about? And Jasmine, I was getting all sorts of emails, calls, like, I want you to teach me how to be you. These were the exact words. I want you to teach me how to be you, but in my own way. That will never leave my mind. And it was at that moment I was like, okay, people clearly saw my growth, my evolution, and they mm-hmm. saw how the years behind me building this personal brand that I wasn't even acknowledging was a personal brand all this time. Mm-hmm. Like you said, everybody has a personal brand. Like whether you're an entrepreneur or not, your personal brand is you. Like it's it's who you are and like I said, I think in a, a Facebook Live, your personal branding is simply your personality and some strategy. Like, how are you going to leverage it? How are you going to use it to continue to connect with people, to continue to grow? Whatever it may be. It could be in your business or in corporate America. And so I did that Facebook Live, and I had no idea that somebody from TD Bank was watching me. Like, I, I, I didn't get on there that night thinking anything like that. I just wanted to share the information I knew. And the next morning, I had a message from this person, hey, we're having, we have this event every year where we highlight uh, an African-American that's really thriving and growing, and we want you to as our keynote. So I'm like, hold up, pause. What? <laughs> she was like, I watched your video on personal branding, and I think you'd be perfect to come in and talk to our employees about personal branding and career development. I'm like, no way. So I say that to say that personal branding is not just an entrepreneur thing. Like, it's not. Like, you are, you have to tap into what that is and, and use it to grow and become a leader. And like I said, it could be a leader on your job or in your business or in your industry. But the importance is to first identify what it is and nurture it and cultivate it as much as you can. So, you know, for people that think branding is silly and it's insignificant, no, 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 no. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's very important. Like, very important. So, Jasmine, tell us what you've got going on, because I know you just launched Jasmine Easter. I know you did not officially, but officially. You've launched Jasmine <laughs> Easter. Um, <laughs> you're about to start doing some YouTube videos. I see you're just about to start doing some amazing things. So, Tell us what to look forward to from Ms. Jasmine Easter, and then we'll go from there. Okay, so like you said, the website is up, jasmineeaster.com, has a blog up there so you can get some good tips. Um, and all of my services that I offer, all my design packages, uh, I'm going to start the YouTube channel very soon where I'll be talking about personal branding, uh, some of my personal, my personal journey as an entrepreneur. Uh, I want to to have interview style on there as well, where I have some other entrepreneurs on there. So the YouTube channel is coming soon. 
Uh, also launched Brand SOS with my photographer, Aspen Sierra Photography. Essentially, we're offering two different packages for the female entrepreneur who really needs to get her brand together but doesn't want to break her pockets. Um, so the first package is like the Lux package where you can get a logo, business card design, and five brand photography images. And the other one is the basic package where you get three social media ads and three brand photography images. And um, from there forward, that's really all I have going on right now. But you can always, like, keep up with me on social media because I'm always on Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, <laughs> everything that you can think of. Okay. And what's your social media handle? Um, Jasmine Easter underscore for Twitter. Okay. Facebook is Jasmine. Instagram is Jasmine Easter underscore. And Snapchat is Snap with Jasmine because someone took Jasmine Easter. What are the odds? <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jasmine, for hanging out with me. This wasn't too bad, was it? No, actually, it was awesome. Cool, cool. I appreciate Yeah, yeah. I appreciate you for taking that leap of faith. Jasmine put that <laughs> Now Jasmine is going to be speaking all over. So y'all keep keep your eyes on her because I'm a y'all on the bit. She's going to be speaking all over the place. She's going to be sharing her story. And I didn't even get to all of her story. But when she's ready to share it, y'all, make sure y'all connect with her. Get on her. You got an email list, right? Yes. Get on her email list, jasmineeaster.com, on social media. Connect with her. And y'all, like, this, y'all heard it here first. Like, the girl is bomb. And she's designing my web, my new website. So y'all yes. just, like, she's so bomb. So y'all just stay connected with her. If y'all looking for a recommendation, you got it from me. She's legit. She's bomb. Like I said, she started off as my intern. And, like, like she's just, she's really awesome. And she is that millennial that you need to stay in contact with because she knows her stuff. And I'm just so thankful to know you. And I'm thankful that I, I'm a part of your journey and to see you grow and thrive and, and really just be awesome is just an awesome thing to watch. So thank you guys for listening to episode 17 of the podcast. Be sure to hit the subscribe button and leave a review. And until next time, guys, have an amazing day. This episode is brought to you by TheMotivationMaven.com, your one-stop shop for all things motivation. To learn more about advertising on Table Talk with Toddy, email info at thetoddybrand.com.